stories, scripts, and conversations with creators. This is the Brave Maker Podcast. All right, you ready? Yep. Hey, episode four. Yay. Wow. <laughs> episode four. <laughs> Why'd you say wow? Like, wow, we have four. Wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't be celebrating over four. We are amazing, you guys. <laughs> we have four episodes. Hey, the Brave Maker Podcast. Check it out. We are back from our perspective vacation slash visits slash adventures. Yep. Sundance Trips. in Spain. Park City, Utah, and what was the actual place in Spain you were? Uh, I was in Queen. So it's in the province of Malaga Queen. in the region of Andalusia. Oh, Andalusia. Yeah. So Tony Gapastone here. And Rebecca Amosa. So let's update people. I, even though I haven't seen you in, it's, like it's been over three weeks, so maybe a month. Yeah. Seems like it's been a month. I still feel like I was on par with you because I was checking in with Instagram every day, watching you podcast, watching you go to fashion shows, watching you eat a lot of good food and have way too many amazing sunsets (laughs) on the beach. Yeah, it was. It, it was, was hard. A, it was a, yeah, I was going to say the exact same. <laughs> it was a hard life. It was a hard time, that trip to Spain. <laughs> um, same with me, actually. I was following you and uh, following you, and then following whatever you put it on Brave Maker and then following whatever you put on Brave Maker <laughs> Film Fest. So it's like, yeah, we're right tuned in. But this is the first time that we're, like you said, seeing each other yeah. and we're talking live on air. I know, right? <laughs> I walked into the office. I'm like, hey, good to see you. Let's not talk. <laughs> let's put the microphones on and let's just do it all on the podcast. So don't hold us accountable for <laughs> so what we, may come up. We'd quickly jot it down. What should we talk about? Mm. And let's get into it and let's record. So here we are. This is, uh, we're in February, 2019. Um, I'll, let's just do quick highlights. So Park City, Utah, if you didn't know Brave Makers, I was in Sundance uh, as a participant. I saw 17 films, 17 films, Brave Maker, in seven days. You were in heaven. Oh, gosh. (laughs) So some of those days, it meant I saw four films in one day. Most of the time, it was around two to three. And I got to connect with so many old friends, which was great. Uh, some friends I literally just made last year at the fest became, you know, a friend that I hung out with uh, this year. One friend, uh, shout out to Christopher Hibma, I met on social media last year. We never met face to face until this year. Then we had a breakfast. Then we had like a cool filmmaker, creative artist dinner he invited me to. I love that. Uh, Damien Smith, who I met in New York City at the the Urban World Film Festival in 2015, we hung out, and he's working on a feature film, and he shared it with me. We were just chatting. I mean, just like it's nonstop creativity and inspiration. And um, my other friend Ryan Parker, who I met through a mutual friend in LA, uh, we hung out a ton and talked about films. I met this guy Spencer Fulmar, who uh, just uh, my friend on social media saw I was in Sundance. He's in LA. He's like, tags me. You should meet my friend Spencer. 20 hours later, we're hanging out at a nice. film and drinking some whiskey at a, at a, at a lounge. What, what kind of whiskey? Oh, gosh. I'm so bad at that. Uh. I literally, when I say drinking, I meant like sipped twice and put it down <laughs> because my nose was on fire. <laughs> like it just, that something just didn't work for me. I'm like, could I have a frou-frou? Could I have a, like margarita or something? Like, sorry, dude. We don't do that. Oh. <laughs> Uh, so my last thing I'll say is there are some really great films coming out and part of the reason why I was there 
was not only to be inspired, but to look for films to bring to Redwood City, to the Bay for Brave Maker. So I asked about, I don't know, 10 to 12 distributors and filmmakers if we could screen their films. And it was really cool. Everything from a film about... Um, uh, what's it called? Capital Punishment, mm. which was, wow, so deep and raw to a film about a girl who decides to run a marathon and take her body image into her own hands, like stuff like that. It was just super, super powerful. A lot of women filmmakers, which was so cool because that's kind of the stuff, the space we want to be in. Uh, a lot of justice films. And so I hope we get to bring at least one of them ones that I saw at Sendence to the Brave Maker audience. What about you? Yay. Wow, Tony, you were busy. <laughs> <laughs> I drank strong coffee <laughs> and ate pan con tomate. That's it. What's, I didn't what's, do what's pan? What's that? Uh, it's a traditional Spanish breakfast and it's literally just uh, bread. And then usually they give you like a whole piece of garlic and you rub it on the bread. And then they bring you um, like fresh tomatoes that they like blend and then you put it on top with olive oil Whoa. and and salt for breakfast garlic for breakfast yeah pan con tomate and it's usually like a traditional spanish breakfast because well for me because i don't eat meat because you might have like jamon and that kind of thing but um it's pan con tomate sumo de naranja natural which is just natural orange juice fresh squeeze because they have so many oranges and then a strong coffee. That sounds good. I mean, I love garlic, like, big time. I put garlic <laughs> on everything for dinner, but I never would... It almost sounds like an avocado toast type of thing, right? With garlic. With a pancake kind of feel. Yeah? It's toast with... You just, like, a piece of garlic, you just rub it on, and then tomato. <laughs> when you say rub the garlic, like, is the garlic it's like a, a garlic clove? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and you just, like... You well, rub it on. What comes off if you just rub it on? You gotta crush it or something? No, no, no. They, like, I don't know, the essence. Like, it gets the really... essence. Okay. <laughs> is it like butter? <laughs> I, sound, I sound like a very professional <laughs> pan con tomate <laughs> eater here. <laughs> pan, oh, say it again? Say it one more time? The essence. No, the pan... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> pan con tomate. Pan con tomate. No, con... It's just pan with pan. Oh. oh, sorry. Pan, which is bread. bread. Con, which is with tomato. Oh my gosh. Okay, <laughs> I thought it was one word, like pancake here. But <laughs> That's what I was like. How does it sound like a pancake? Pan, got you. I got you. Oh, I'm totally there now. And I got you. Yeah. It's just toast with some garlic and tomato. I yeah. got it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It just okay. sounds fancy when you like say it in bruschetta. Spanish. Pretty much. It's like bruschetta. There you go. Oh, bruschetta, bruschetta. How you say? Okay, that sounds. Okay, good. Anyways, so, I'm hungry now, but that's good. Yeah, a lot of good food, a lot of um, nature stuff, but we actually went back to pack up our apartment and some of our Is that studio sad? stuff there. Is that hard? Oh my gosh, so hard. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so hard. Imagine packing up your entire life, trying to in two weeks, and we shipped a lot of t to the U.S., but some stuff we couldn't take. Um, and I still have my studio stuff there because I'm still figuring out what to do design-wise. And uh, But it was really nice. We got to see so many friends. I didn't realize how much we were loved. Mm. <laughs> and we went back and we were just like showered with so much love and, and got to see so many things. And something that was really exciting for me, and this is going to sound so lame, but I'm really great with animals and I'm horrible with plants. Like <laughs> really, like I kill them. It, a cactus, anything. Like it's uh -huh. dead. And so I had this lemon tree and I just like, it was always my dream to have a lemon tree, and I bought it, and it was dying, dying, dying. And when I came back, uh, our landlord, Pepe, had been taking care of it. Pepe. It had, yeah, and it had great big lemons on it, so I got to eat oh, those. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. I was, was it like, lemons and oranges, though, he left, or just lemons? No, well, he has um, he has some farmland as well where he has okay. lemon and orchard, uh, yeah, lemon and orange orchards. Uh-huh. 
was orchards the right word? Anyways, yeah. so he brought me oranges from that as cool. well. I think I saw that the very first day you got there, he left that, right? Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Pepe, what a guy. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, and just uh, podcasting and visiting with my creative friends and just, yeah, relaxing when I could. So, yeah, she makes it sound like she was just, like, lounging on the beach, but she was working. <laughs> this girl I was watching, like, she's, like, podcasting and talking and doing this creative, right? So we're going to get so stoked because she's going to share all of these podcasts with us. But before we jump into that, let me tell you how cool I had this little fun uh, this little fun experience yesterday. Uh-huh. This uh, fifth grade girl found Brave Maker through a friend of my wife. So my wife used to be, she is a preschool teacher, but she used to be a elementary school teacher and her friend is doing this thing where they want to like talk to creative artists, actors, blah, blah, blah. So this teacher says, Hey, I'm going to turn on Brave Maker to my student. She'd like to interview. I'm like, sure. That's totally cool. Her name was Allie. And Allie came to the Brave Maker office yesterday with her mom and grilled me with questions. <laughs> and her mom filmed the whole thing, but she sat here in this chair and grilled me with all these questions. Like a couple of them were really good. Like how has, how has acting formed you? How has it taught wow. you things about life? You know, what's the hardest thing about the, uh, the acting world? But it was so funny. So she's leaving, right? And uh, she's looking at our pictures on the wall, and she points to a picture of you. She's like, is that Rebecca? I'm like, what? Yeah, how do you know Rebecca? She's like, oh, we listened to your podcast. Oh, my God. <laughs> so this little girl, Allie, fifth grade girl here in the oh. Bay Area. I'm like, that's really cool that you listened. She's like, yeah, we, we started with episode two, which was the one that we talked about Aww. our journeys. And stuff, and then they went to episode one. Shout out one. to Allie. Allie. You sound so sweet. <laughs> super cool. So go get them with your genius hour. Mm. Uh, okay, one more thing. We have an event coming up on Yay. February 22nd. It's going to be, we're at a new venue. Uh, we've been at three different venues so far. It's at the Box headquarters in Redwood City, California on Friday night, February 22nd. It's 7 p.m. Tickets are on sale on bravemaker.com slash events. We've got about half the amount uh, left. It's a smaller crowd um, capacity, so get your tickets soon. Cool thing is, it's going to be a live podcast. So Rebecca and I are going to be doing this conversation live with three with an audience and recording it and putting it out into the world, but with three different artists. We'll have a filmmaker, a photographer, and a musician. Mm. So Erin Ashford will share her photography with the trans community and talking about their journey and understanding their identities. And Matt Nightingale, who's one of my best friends, We'll be sharing some of his original music and talking about his journey as coming out as a gay man. And then we have Nicholas Jara, who will share his short film called Guardian, which is about a Latino uh, gay teenager coming out and dealing with his acceptance or not with his parents. So really cool conversation we're going to have about the power of story and the LGBTQ plus community. So come on out to Redwood City on February 22nd, 7 p.m. So tell us who we have today. Well, the first, I guess, one of my solo podcasts will be with one of my good friends, Sheena Karegi. She's originally from Kenya, but lives in Spain, and she is a a designer. And we had a great conversation. We talked about life. We talked about good vibes. We talked about supporting each other. Mm. And it was just really nice. Um, One thing we thought of, you know, as women and and both being designers, it'd be so easy to tear each other down or be competitive. And we just both decided, like, no, let's support each other. Let's bring each other up. So... We want to send that kind of message out to people. I think you'll really enjoy it. It's and a new got, perspective. And I got to see her work on your Insta stories. Yeah. It was like crazy, super cool, like legit fashion show. <laughs> I mean, where was it? At a cool swanky hotel or something? Yeah, yeah, it was. It's called Kitsch Marbella. Um, Marbella is like kind of a um, so cool. so, uh, higher end, I guess. I don't know. When people think about Marbella, they think of like 
some of the celebrities go there, like footballers uh-huh. to Marbella and Puerto Banu. So they have a lot of like nice clubs and that kind of thing in, in the south of Spain. And so she cool. put it all on herself and um, she had a lot of like people collaborating and helping, but super proud of her. A really, really cool men's and women's collection. And we'll link to her stuff so you'll yep. be able to go and check it out. So Yeah, so check out the show notes. And with, oh, before we say no further ado, that makes me think of our swanky hotel sponsor that I do want to shout out, which yeah. is Hotel Nia. They are so graciously uh, hosting and lodging all of our filmmakers that come in from out of town. So if you want to check them out, they are Hotel Nia. That's N-I-A dot com. They have a great Verve coffee shop and cool, swanky, creative vibe there. And if you tell them you're with Brave Maker and you're just coming out for the weekend or coming to our film festival June 1st and 2nd, they will also give you a local deal Ooh. if you mention Brave Maker. So thanks so much for listening. And with no further ado, here's my conversation with Sheena. Brave stories change the world. You are the story. Hi, my name is Rebecca Mosa, and welcome back to another episode of the Brave Maker podcast. Have a really t- great treat for you today because I have a good friend, Sheena Karegi. Did I pronounce that right? Yeah. I always try to check with people's names because I know my name throughout my entire childhood would be pronounced so many different ways. I even got osmosis once, which was a little weird. But um, I'm doing this podcast from Spain, as you know. I've been on the road and talking to some creatives out here. And it's a really good way just to see what's going on in different places of the world. And Sheena and I met when we were studying, and we became friends, and she's a fellow designer as well, and she has a lot of great things going on right now, living in Spain, but originally from Kenya, from Nairobi, I think, mm-hmm. as well, yeah. And she has some great things going on. She's doing her master's and has a little treat that's coming up that we'll talk about later. One thing that I always think is that where somebody comes from really influences their art and the directions that they take. So can you tell us a little bit about Kenya and how that influences you? Hello, everyone. I'm Sheena. And um, yeah, as Rebecca mentioned, I'm from Kenya, born and raised, and I just moved here four years ago to study. So basically, I spent my whole life in Kenya. Um, Growing up and being raised in Kenya really influenced me a lot in the sense that I was always surrounded by a lot of culture, and I was always surrounded by a lot of very creative people, you know, like a lot of people think that in Kenya, like uh, we're not as creative or things like this, but it's amazing, like the type of innovation and creativity that I grew up seeing, you know, like seeing people on the side of the road welding things from just metal, metal, metal bars and stuff like this, and uh, going to the market and seeing these women make their own fabrics with their own designs and making beaded work. So, I mean, I always grew up a lot of around a lot of creativity and uh, I grew up as well with four girls in the house <laughs> it was my mom and my two sisters and me and then my brother came along so I think growing up in a family full of women as well and my mom has nine sisters so you can imagine it was just full of women our family it, it really inspired me like I was always really into beauty and into fashion and all this stuff so I think a lot of my inspiration actually really came from there just the type of environment I was always surrounded by 
Hmm. Very cool. When you were talking yeah. about uh, Kenya seeing people welding things and going mm-hmm. to the market and the women, it sounds like, and I, I always talk about sustainability, but it sounds like it's just naturally more sustainable because people are trying yeah. to do with what they have, you know, and I think that's kind of cool. It's a lot of innovation that yeah. comes from that. And you grew yeah. up seeing that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, you know, a lot of people don't have much, so they just work with what they have. You know what I mean? And uh, it's amazing because, like I said, like I said in the market women making their own fabric I don't mean with a machine like I mean them weaving their own fabric you know and uh, on the side of the road in the workshops these people just getting bars of metal and welding them together with the fire fire uh, the, you know what I mean like the torch I don't know yeah, the torch <laughs> something and it was and you know they make amazing stuff you know and like the bead work and everything I mean it's amazing and everything is all full of color and so vibrant and all this stuff so it's beautiful really it was beautiful to see and I mean when I was younger you know I didn't think that this stuff would inspire me so much but the older I get I see like how a lot of the things that I was seeing when I was younger and even hearing music as well um, I didn't know how much of an impact it would make on me in my adult life but it really did like these are things that shaped me into the adult I am now Ah, that's really cool. Yeah. You also mentioned that a house full of women. Yes. <laughs> and and Sheena and I were having a conversation earlier about, you know, just how women, we're not always supportive of each other. We want to yeah. be and we all try to be. And um, I think it's cool that you grew up in a house full of women and saw like kind of positive interactions. Mm-hmm. And do you think that that helped you um, as you go out in the world as a strong woman, like having those influences in your home? Yes, I obviously definitely did. You know, I started with my mom. My mom's a single mom. So, I mean, I, like I was telling Rebecca earlier, you know, we didn't really realize my mom was struggling as a, as a single mom until she told us when we were older, you know, but it's like she always put up this strength and still does. And I get really inspired by that. And I take up a lot on that is like just seeing how incredibly strong a woman can be. And as well also watching my sisters growing up, watching them go to uni, watching them face, you know, dramas of growing up as a girl, you know, I, I saw that I grew up seeing that and realizing like wow like I'm gonna go through that one day and I mean it really inspired me when I was younger I wanted to grow up so fast you know I'd see my sisters and I'd be like I want to be just like that you know <laughs> and like silly things like you know they would like be complaining about school or guys or this and I'm like I want that you know like <laughs> it was great it was really amazing like they inspire me so much till today and um they're such strong women and it's like you know it's not always like um, in situations, for example, maybe I'll be like babied or whatever. No, we give each other a lot of tough love, which also I think makes me a lot more stronger because, I mean, I'm out in the world. I'm not home. So I need that sometimes, you know, sometimes like today I call my mom and I'm like, mom, I'm a little bit nervous over something that we're going to discuss later on the show. Um, and she's like, no, you, you know, you got to be strong. You got to you got to be a big girl and, you know, things like this. So, yeah. <laughs> and. I met Sheena's mom and I, I know a bit about her work and she is a very accomplished, very hardworking woman. So you've been raised very well and definitely probably seeing her go out and, and give so much in the world and do so much has helped you because you are a very brave woman. If you think about it, you moved from Kenya by yourself <laughs> to Spain, studied here, got your bachelor's. Now you're studying for your master's. Plus launching a brand. Like, do you ever stop to just think about that and think like, hey, I'm doing okay? Yeah, I mean, you know,
know, it things happen so fast that sometimes I don't even realize like how much is on my plate. And I don't know, like, I always just think, like, this is how life is supposed to be, you know, because I, I, I grew up watching my mother work hard. I grew up watching my sisters work hard. So for me, that's just how life is supposed to be, you know. And I actually have a lot of friends, like, here I tell them, you know, hey, I'm doing this something that. And they're like, man, you're 25, like, chill out, you know. And I'm like, <laughs> actually, I'm pretty old, you know. No. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I mean, it, it's it's manageable, you know. It, it sounds a lot, but it's actually manageable. Like, I do have time to enjoy myself and relax and everything. It's not like I'm doing 100 things at once. But, I mean, yeah, I do think about it sometimes. And <laughs> As she says that, we're sitting here doing a podcast, and I'm looking at <laughs> her entire collection sitting behind <laughs> us. And before that, she was submitting essays for her master's. So, <laughs> I don't know. This is why right now we're taking, we're both drinking tea. And <laughs> I'll set the scene, because I know I've done that in other podcasts. But we're sitting at... I guess your dining room table, mm-hmm. and we're in the uh, southern coast of Spain having some nice hot tea and just having a conversation, so we're glad that you can join us. But um, speaking of, of where you are now, mm-hmm. when did you first know that you wanted to... That, when did you first know that you were a creative? Mm-hmm. And when did you first know that you wanted to actually make that your career? Wow, that's a good question. To be honest, I don't think I was born an artist. I mean, okay, maybe that sounds a little bit silly, but I think this is something that actually just grew on me. Mm. I'm, I don't really have childhood memories like remember remembering me wanting to do art or stuff like this. I actually did art for my O-level exams and I didn't do so well because I wasn't interested in it, you know. But when I realized I wanted to do something creative was uh, when I finished high school and I didn't want to do A-level, so I went straight into my first university. I was studying, I can't remember what, yeah, business and business relations, something like this. I can't even remember because that's how disinterested I was. <laughs> but I was just trying to find uh, something to do to get out of my mom's house and to just be a big girl. You know, I was 17 at the time. <laughs> and, uh, well, that didn't go so well because I dropped out after three, three, three semesters. I wasn't doing well. I wasn't interested. I wasn't going to classes. And I was really just unhappy, you know. And then um, I said, okay, fine, maybe I can try this again, you know. And my mom being the amazing person, she, she was willing to give me another second chance. And I tried in another school, and I tried mass communication, which was actually, when I think about it now, because I'm studying my, my master's in marketing and advertising and communication in general, I'm interested in it now. But at the time, I wasn't, you know, because I hadn't yet brought up my creativity, you know. So after I dropped out after two semesters, and at that point, my mom was like, look, I'm, I'm giving up, you know. And I took a gap year. And yeah, so I got, I got into modeling a little bit back home in Nairobi. But, you know, I realized I wasn't, I didn't want to be the model. I wanted to make people look good, you know. I wanted to make people feel good. And I wanted to make people look, be- like put them in these beautiful creations and stuff like this. And I said, you know, actually, maybe I could try design. Mm. And uh, funny enough, I was uh, seeing a guy at the time who really inspired me to do it. He's like, you know, you should actually do it. I think we should do it together. We're supposed to launch a brand together. But I just went for it, and he didn't. And uh, obviously, we're not together now. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, I started creating pieces in Nairobi with the tailor. Ended up like really getting into it. I did a couple of shows in Nairobi, not my own, but you know, invited on shows. And I did quite good, you know. And after I was like, you know what, I'm going to study. So I moved to Spain. <laughs> and it was history. Yeah. <laughs> and you're still plugging away and, and mm-hmm. doing great. 
And what do you think, do you think there was a defining moment while you were studying in Spain? Because since we were studying together, we could see each other growing and blossoming and, you know, really yeah. coming to our own. Do you remember something defining in Spain while you're studying when you're like, hey, I've got this, or, you know, actually maybe I am good, or or this is what I really, really love? Mm-hmm. I mean, I won't lie. When I came to Spain, I was a little bit scared because I was like, okay, is this going to be another dropout situation? Am I going to do this for a month and get bored? And and like not be interested anymore but as soon as I started studying at the academy I, I was in love with it you know I was I was in love with all all the projects and everything and at first to begin with we weren't making clothes we're just doing a lot of these creative projects like um, do a project on yourself you know you multiple me yeah I remember. and uh, one time we went down to to the port here in Marbella and we went into these shops to do like a shop report and I'm like wow this is amazing you know and I was actually with Rebecca that time <laughs> And uh, can then I, can yeah, I tell yeah. them the story? <laughs> so we had to do f- trend forecasting, and mm-hmm. um, you had to go into a lot of these expensive stores. Mm-hmm. I think it was trend forecasting, and yeah. and you had to go into these expensive stores and kind of um, find out what they're charging and all of these things. And we were a bit nervous, you know. We're just a bunch of people walking into these stores, young, and <laughs> so we made up stories. We we're kind of dressed up, <laughs> and I was. I think I said that like. Uh, Sheena was like getting I don't know married married, and you were like (laughs) part of maybe some type of royal family Mm -hmm. and whatever anyways we did quite well but it was was kind of funny go ahead and (laughs) And, yeah that was a funny experience (laughs) and then um, after that we had our first collection to create the first capsule collection to create and I had never really dug deep into my creativity like that like that you know I created a print and it was like inspired by world peace and you know the preach for world peace and everything because I was super saddened by you know the state of the world at the moment so that was when the war in Syria was really really peaking and I was like you know maybe I can give a message through my fashion so I got these old newspaper articles from the internet and I combined in photoshop and I made a print and I didn't even think I was going to do so well in that collection but I ended up getting student of the year for that <laughs> and I think that was actually the moment I was like, you know, I'm, I'm, this is this is for me. This is what I'm meant to be doing. And it's funny, like earlier I said, maybe I wasn't born creative, but, you know, I take that back. Maybe I was born creative. I just didn't tap into it, you know? You didn't tap into it. And sometimes yeah. having a little bit of validation outside, uh, sometimes other people see things in us yeah. that we don't see in each other. Yeah. Or in definitely. ourselves, sorry. And then it brings out even more. And then you're like, mm-hmm. okay, hey, yeah, they see something and maybe something's there so there is power in like having a good group of people around you yeah that that is so true I mean having inspiring people around you people who encourage you instead of tear you down you know I mean that we had amazing teachers so that was really something that really pushed me and made me realize that I really want to do this you know for probably the rest of my life shout out to Gunda and Alan you guys were amazing Now, I'm also curious, um, we were talking about your inspiration. Mm-hmm. Is, there, is there a method that you follow when you're looking for inspiration? Is there something sp- specifically, like is it reading, is it traveling, or does it change? Is it just the way you kind of observe the world? I mean, to be honest, I wouldn't, like there's, there's never been any specific thing that brings out my inspiration. I, I just find it anywhere, you know? And I've realized, well, a lot of stuff that helps me bring it out is maybe like making videos or taking photos, doing some artwork, you know. 
but I mean, it's it's really hard to get inspired sometimes. I won't lie, you know, and it takes ages. And I remember my second year in university, you know, when they're like, okay, make a collection now. For that whole year, I didn't really have anything inspiring me, you know. So my my collections in that second year weren't as conceptual. But in my third year, when I started experimenting with photography and painting and all this, then I realized, like, you know, that's how it grows. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll just start out with an art piece or a photograph or something or an idea, you know, and then it grows. But I'm also now really inspired by, I get a lot of inspiration from my personal life and things I go through as a human being, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Like, my last collection I did inspired by my personality, actually, you know. And uh, the one I'm doing now is inspired by the yin-yang, which I take in translation to be um, a representation of how human beings are. You know, we have the light and we have the darkness. So that's what really inspires me, like this human experience, I would say, you know, that that's what I'm inspired by. <laughs> Very cool. And mm -hmm. speaking of your fashion, your collections... Uh -huh. What would you say that um, your aesthetic is, your style? Is it evolving and changing, or do you have something that is definitely... What is your signature? Wow, okay. I'm very <laughs> into dressmaking. I love the long, flowy, you know, very dreamy. I love couture, you know, and not hot couture, couture. Mm -hmm. Like, just, you know, beautifully made garments, you know, with a lot of fabric and a lot of character, you know, but I'm also really into other styles of fashion. I just maybe wouldn't make them. When you see me, how I dress, I dress really sporty. I dress, you know, I'm like, you know, different, different types of fashion that I'm into. But what I love to make, I just, I love to make couture. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. And you have a launch. Um, this will be your first official launch yes. on your own. Yes. And this is going to happen in a week from now, yes. next Friday. <laughs> it's a Friday night now, and I'm mm -hmm. so excited. I'll actually still be in Spain, so I'll get to see it. I'm wondering, what was the difference you know, going out on your own now? How has it been different for you, or has it been? It has been so different. I mean, first of all, I'm not going to lie. It's been so scary. You know, I'm a human being and, you know, obviously we get anxious and we get nervous and all this. And it took a lot for me to actually say, I want to do this, you know, because I graduated a year ago and uh, for a year I was just like, do I really want to do this? Am I, am I good enough for this? And sorry. And, um, like this year I just decided, you know what, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go for it, you know? And I got like amazing people like giving me like these connections, like, Hey, you can showcase here. You can do this. You can do that. So the universe was just bringing everything to me, you know, but it, I won't lie. It took a lot of courage because as an artist, you're, we have, I think, natural anxiety. We're born with it. You know, you're yeah. always so anxious, like, Oh my God, is it going to be good? Oh my God. Am I, you know, so it, how many brave so makers can relate to that? Let yeah. us know. <laughs> you know, it, it took a lot of courage and to any artist listening, I just want you like to tell you, look, go for it. Forget about the anxiety. I know it's easy to say, yeah, don't be anxious, but you know, just leap for it. And, uh, there's this quote that says, um, but what if I fall? Oh, yeah. But, you know, what if you fly? You know, you never know. So, and I think I owe this to myself to actually show myself that maybe I can do this. And, you know, if anything happens and it's not meant to be, then it's not meant to be. But at least I tried, you know, so. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> and speaking of anxiety, because I think, I think you're right. That is something that a lot of artists go through mm -hmm. because we're constantly questioning ourselves. Yeah. So w are there any tips or any things that you do to kind of help calm your anxiety that in your daily life, any mm -hmm. kind of rituals that maybe other people could use as well? Yeah. Well, I meditate. 
I try I try to meditate at least once every day. Um, before I got so busy with so many things, I was doing a lot of yoga and I was working out a lot. You know, I, I was finding like spending time in the gym would help me, mm. you know, not think so much, get my mind off my thoughts. And recently I've really gotten back into my relationship with God. Well, not even gotten back. I've began my relationship with God because it was there when I was younger, but because my family was Christian. But now I have my own relationship with God and the universe. And I'm really praying a lot now, meditating, you know, just um, acknowledging that there are more divine forces out there that are, that have my back and that I can confide in. And it, it gives me a lot of, a lot of um, comfort, you know, to just to just do that for me. But I mean, I know not everyone is into this kind of thing. So different things work for different people. Definitely. And I, and I like that you were able to find, you know, these things that help you and help you to continue to go and, and, oh, and I drink tea. <laughs> As you can, a lot of tea. <laughs> so to Tony, who's not here with me, as I mentioned, he's back in California, but maybe we can get a tea sponsor after this episode. <laughs> that would be Because, great. yeah, I love tea too. We were talking about how many um, different teas we have and her yeah. cupboard's full. I can, I can re- tell you that. Mm-hmm. Now I'm curious, um, when you're designing, whether it's been with past uh, works, and also I just want to mention that we're talking about specifically about Sheena's um, designs, but she also is an artist with, you do photography, you do painting. <laughs> She's looking so at me so. like, oh, a little bit, you know, we're always our biggest critics. <laughs> That's true. I do the same and yeah. I don't want to, you know, unless it's perfect, I don't want to tell people, but you are, you do work in, or, you know, try other different medias. Mm-hmm. Um, but in any of those or in your designs, is there a common obstacle that you face or is there something with in general or even with this current collection? Was there something, a big obstacle um, that you had to overcome and how did you do that? Wow. Okay. I would say one obstacle that I face is maybe not comparing myself to other art- artists, but feeling like I'm not good enough, you know? I mean, we're now surrounded in the age where you go on your phone and you see a lot more amazing things than probably what you're doing. And I'm talking about Instagram, I'm talking about Facebook. Yeah. And obviously I'm following all these design pages and all this stuff and I go in and I'm like, wow, that is amazing. Like, I want myself to be like that, you know? But then I always have to stop myself and be like, wait, you know, I just started, like, I'm going to get there soon. You know, I'm not going to be on the level of designing as people who have been in this for 20, 30 years, you know, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of comparison. Well, not comparison maybe, but a lot of feeling I'm not good enough. I'm not as good as that. I'm not at this level, you know, and (laughs) you sort of forget to, to take yourself slowly and to like, you know, just take it year by year, day by day or whatever, you know, and yeah, I think social media is such a good thing and a bad thing. Because as artists, like I said, you know, we're so into our minds that we question ourselves a lot. So seeing a lot of stuff, it can be inspiring and it can be draining. That is one of the biggest obstacles I face. Another very big obstacle I face is, I'm not going to lie, procrastination. We, we <laughs> all face this. Like We talked about this earlier. <laughs> you know, you're thinking, okay, yeah, I have a month to do this or two months to do this. The next thing you know, you have a week and you're like rushing and, you know, but... I think also a lot of my best work has been done under pressure. I'm not advising any other artists to do there work under pressure. There are studies about that, <laughs> actually. That, yeah, there are studies about that. I don't advise it, but if it works for you, it works for you. And another obstacle I might face... Hmm. 
While you think about that, I'll yeah. just join in with um, speaking of, and this is, I'm talking about my mom here, so she's listening. Hi, mom. But mm-hmm. <laughs> when you said that your best work comes under pressure, mm-hmm. I remember that my mom wanted to make the veil for my wedding. Mm-hmm. And on the, the morning of when I was supposed to be getting married, my mom was at the sewing machine. <laughs> She, I don't think she had slept. She'd been up all oh night because God. she waited. Yeah. And I said, Mom, what's going on? The photographer's showing up to take mm-hmm. pictures, you know, before the wedding. And she's like, I work best under pressure. <laughs> so I think we all, you know, and she got it finished. But yeah. I can just, I remember coming down the stairs. I'm already all dressed. And here's my mom like, <laughs> so sorry, Mom, to call you out. But yeah, I mean, the best work is made under pressure. Diamonds are made under pressure. That's true. <laughs> you know, yeah. So speaking of um, working under pressure, Mm -hmm. well, actually, I wondered if um, living in Spain has Mm -hmm. helped you with relaxing, because I know for me Mm -hmm. being here and living in Canada and also living in the U.S., there's a different way of lifestyle, especially in the south of Spain. Yeah, of course. And do you think that that's helped you to kind of get out of your head sometimes? I must say it really has. I mean... Spain is a very relaxing, well, southern Spain, I would specify, is quite relaxing, especially where we live in the south, in Marbella, sorry. And, uh, you know, it's by the coast, so it's got that coastal vibe to it. Everybody is just pretty chill and everybody is pretty relaxed and nonchalant about life. But at the same time, I must say, there, you know, we're in a young generation here, so there's a lot of obstacles as well, a lot of challenges with, you know, the young generation because being this being such a coastal town, obviously there's not as much uh, jobs as we would want, you know? So this sometimes comes as like a clash and it's like, okay, fine, this place is so amazing, but I'm not able to do really like what I really want to get into do. Like, yeah, I like to chill, but, you know, I want a little bit more as a young person would think. Mm-hmm. But I think it's it's a great place to live. But I won't lie, it's a hard place to kind of live as an artist as there's not as many outlets as there would be in London or New York or, you know, so there is that, which, I mean, a lot of people say it's getting more creative and there's getting, there are more creative jobs coming out and all this stuff, but I'll just have to wait and see. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's worldwide. I think that for a while, um, creatives haven't been really looked on with maybe as much respect sometimes as other industries, Mm -hmm. but I think it's changing because... Where there's creativity, there's innovation, and, and we definitely yeah, exactly. need innovation. Where I am in um, in the Silicon Valley area, mm-hmm. there is a lot of big tech companies, and I think that they could um, use you know a lot of different creative people because yeah. they're all about pushing the envelope. So, yeah. um, I mean, yeah, you know, the thing is, people always have work for creative to do. You know, there's so many times like uh, I'll be told, "Yeah, can you design this for me? Can you do this for me? Can you style this? Can you do this?" But it's always like, yeah, you know, they don't, people don't think you need to be paid. You yes, know? we've had this conversation like, before. Like, you other, know? yeah. And I had this experience recently with uh, somebody who wanted me to design 20 garments for them. Not necessarily make them, but design, you know, but still, that's my work. And I think, you know, they just think, yeah, she's just drawing pen on paper, edited on Photoshop, and that's it, you know. But, I mean, she was really pushing me for it. And she's like, yeah, it's going to be reproduced in a really nice factory. And it's going to be sold for all this money. So I'm like, okay, yeah, I can do that for you, you know. And uh, then, of course, she didn't mention any payments. So one day we were having a conversation and I had to bring it up. And I'm like, yeah, so these are my rates. And she's like, but what do you mean? <laughs> you know, you want and, to be paid for work? Yeah, and 
and I'm like, oh, did you think it was going to be free? And she's like, yeah, well, I was going to show it because she was going to show it to another um, person who's, who was starting a store or something. It was some story like that. And uh, she was going to show him the designs and they were going to produce them. And then if they sold or if they were approved, then I would be paid if I was oh. to be paid. And I'm like, okay, so you want me to sit, make you all these 20 designs and slave away, but, you know, not not get paid immediately? And uh, that, that happens a lot, you know. People think like, okay, yeah, you know, you're an artist. You just want to get your name out there. You just want exposure. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but I'm an adult, you know. I need to put food on my table. I need to put gas in my car. I need to pay my rent, you know. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like the older I get, the more my bills increase. Yeah, you know interesting how I mean? that happens. And it's sad It's because it's like people then take advantage, you know. And um, actually, I'm working as well in a creative studio, and I was having this conversation with my boss. And we're talking about models, you know. They're the same. They're creatives as well, you know. But we're talking about how a lot of young models are losing their their passion for modeling because, you know, they're told, yeah, come and do this gig or come and do this, but they're not paid, you know. So at the end of the day, you leave an artist or a creative just feeling drained and used, and at the end, they just drop their passion, you know. And this is happening with artists, with models with you know actors actresses it's like where you know they're not getting the financial credit that they want okay yeah sure exposure is nice but it's not gonna put food on the table and sometimes we love as great as we love what we're doing so much and we feel just mm-hmm. happy and lucky that we get to do it yeah. and we're like sure we'll, we'll but we have to value ourselves yeah I'm exactly. curious uh, with the woman that you're speaking about how did you mm-hmm. handle that situation or what did you say to her because obviously you didn't end up going through to design um, those 20 garments well yeah I mean I, I just told her straight up like I'm not gonna do it you know I, I said to her I'm not gonna do it and obviously the, I felt the energy get weird <laughs> <laughs> you know, but for me, I had I had total peace in my heart because I knew I had done nothing wrong. You know, I was like, I'm just asking to be, get paid my dues. You know, it's only fair. But yeah, I mean, I just told I'm not going to do it. And the energy got weird and we haven't spoken ever since. <laughs> Well, there'll be another opportunity that comes yeah, along. You yeah, know? exactly. I mean, it's it's quite unfair for people to think like that because it's it's extortion, you know. And not only are extorting the artists, but you're you're draining them, you know. You're draining their passion, and it's it's a horrible thing to do to an artist, you know. I mean, you get a lot of situations where you're told, yeah, you know, there's budget for everything else, but budget for the mm-hmm. for the artist. And a lot of things, you know, like, for example, if it's a fashion show, if it's something being created, it wouldn't be creative, created if it wasn't for the creative. That's you true. Know what I mean? so we need a T-shirt. We are the backbone. <laughs> it wouldn't be created if it wasn't for the creative. Exactly. <laughs> Sounds like a good slogan. Mm-hmm. You seem very self-aware. And I try to be. I'm trying. I'm working on myself. <laughs> you have a, and I notice as you're speaking, you have a, a good check-in process, like a, you, mm. you know, checking in with yourself and and knowing kind of where you stand. How did that develop? Was that always there? Was it something you saw growing up? Has that come through your your meditation, or or where does that come from? It came from mistakes, mistakes, <laughs> and a lot there of mistakes, go. a lot of growing. <laughs> I was not always like this. I mean. Honestly, guys, like I have conversations with my mom sometimes and she's like, in five years, I didn't imagine you would ever be like this, you know? So that shows five years ago, I was not even close to how I am now. But I made so many mistakes that that's going to be for another time. (laughs) And, you know, I grew up a lot moving away from home, actually, to Spain. It was one of the things that really grew me and got me to this point that I'm still evolving at. 
But, you know, moving away and suddenly having this huge, huge responsibility of myself, I am in another continent, miles mm-hmm. away from home. Like, I need to grow up, you know? I, need to, I was very childish in the past and, you know, didn't take anything seriously and didn't really think beyond what was in my head at the point, you know? But yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel the growth and it's actually, I would say my personal growth for me is my biggest achievement, you know? I mean, I love, I love seeing and feeling that I'm growing as a person and, you know, it's amazing. It's beautiful. Yeah. And I know that you mentioned, you know, leaving home, but I want to go back to your home for a second, back to Kenya, because I think, and maybe I mentioned this before, but the more you know the artist, the more you can understand the art. Mm -hmm. So I feel that, and, you know, maybe you do as well. A lot of times, especially with Africa, people kind of refer to it like it's this autonomous, Mm -hmm. just like one big country. Yes. Like you'll see a list, people will say in Canada, in -hmm. Denmark, and in Africa. For one thing, Africa has many countries, yes. has many different cultures, mm-hmm. many di- different ethnic makeups. I think they have most diverse in the world. In the, the world, yeah, yeah. the continent. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to focus on Kenya. And mm-hmm. what are some misconceptions, do you think, about Kenya? And what are some things that you would like people to know about Kenya? Well, there are a lot of misconceptions that I want to get out of people's heads, you know, thinking that Kenya is a country full of horrible people, full of disease, full of poverty, full of, you know, bad things. I mean, yes, these things are there, but these things are everywhere in the world, you know. And um, I mean, recently we had a we had a terrorist attack like there is in everywhere in the world, you know, in Europe as well. And I saw this post on Facebook and it was like, is Kenya safe to travel to now, you know? And the response was amazing because it was like, yeah, I mean, there have been terrorist attacks in so many other parts of the world, but no one goes and asks, is it safe to travel there? You know what I mean? So that's, you know, it's just like things happen in Kenya the way they happen in every other part of the world, but it is an amazing, amazing, beautiful country full of culture, full of amazing people, hard workers, innovation, creativity. I mean, I could go on and on. It's fantastic. But I mean, you know, obviously, just like everywhere else in the world, we do have our problems. And um, obviously, our government is not the best, like in a lot of places in the world. So, (laughs) you know, it's just a normal country that I feel like people just need to, you know, know more of before they speak, you know. I think that's one thing I'm really learning in my life now is to have information before I open my mouth to say something. You know what I mean? That's that's a a very good idea, actually. Um, also, I, I saw recently that you were featured in a magazine article back yes. home. <laughs> they yeah. did a write-up on you. That's pretty cool. Superstar mm-hmm. back in Kenya. And becoming one now on the southern coast oh, of Spain. Not, not yet. Superstar, but... <laughs> <laughs> so, um, do you find that you have a lot of support coming from Kenya, from some family or friends, or just maybe people there that they see you out here doing your thing and... Yeah, You know, it's funny because actually when I got approached to do that, um, the newspaper article, I, did, I did, never even knew these people in my life. They wrote to me on Facebook. <laughs> How did they find you? I think because I have, I have my design pages, you know, with my very few followers, but they're there, you know, <laughs> like uh, I have my design pages and um, I was sharing a lot of content at the time and a few friends from back home were sharing it and liking it and stuff like this. So I think the, um, these edit, these journalists saw saw some of my posts, and they wrote to me like, "Hi, we would love to do a feature on you. We love your stuff, and you know, who are you? Where are you?" And I'm like, "Well, I'm Sheena. I'm Kenyan, but I'm in Spain." 
and um I, I did the I did the article online actually you know they sent me a couple of questions that I answered online and uh, yeah they published the article in the paper but you know I think it's just like you know social media like I said it's such a blessing and it's such a curse sometimes but in this case it really worked for me as a blessing and yeah it, it was amazing I mean they, they did a really fantastic article I loved it was your family proud seeing yeah. that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, my mom was crying to me on the phone. So, yeah, she's super sweet, like super, super sweet. So there were, she was really emotional, and she gets really emotional when um, I'm doing these things because, like she said, five years ago, she didn't think that this would be the life path I was taking. You know, I was dropping out of universities five years ago. Hmm. You know, so it's interesting once you find kind of that thing that sparks, yeah, you know, that yeah. it makes you happy. How exactly. how you changed? How yeah. how you know? Your mom was saying that five years ago you're a completely yeah, different person, exactly. and now you're not only holding down a job but education, <laughs> but your brand. You know, yeah. it's like so to the creatives out there that maybe you're you know in a industry that they don't want to be and they're afraid to go and do don't that. Don't stay. You're 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 draining yourself. You're killing yourself a very slow death. You know, I remember when I was like dropping out of these universities, I was so unhappy. Like I was, I was really unhappy, you know, I was partying a lot. I was drinking a lot, just anything to just numb the reality, you know? Mm. And like, I'm so glad I found fashion because I wasn't even sure that this was the route I wanted to take, you know, I wasn't sure, but I just, I, I, I jumped for it, you know, I went for it and it ended up being what I want to do for the rest of my life, you know? I always say, and I'm not taking credit for this quote, but it says, mm-hmm. um, jump and build your wings on the way down. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. you just have to go for it. And exactly. of, of course, you still have to support yourself. But even if you can try and find something creative to do a little yeah, bit every day. On the side, to just, you know, to keep your heart pumping, you know? Yeah, <laughs> Like, definitely. to give you that warm, fuzzy, nice feeling in your heart. You, you need to. I mean, I think all human beings have this kind of... You know, maybe it's not creativity, but there's something every single human being has that just sparks the spark in them. You know what I mean? And if you're not doing even a little bit of that, then you're just stuck in the matrix, you know, working till you die and happy, you know, trying to make other people happy. I mean, that's what it is. There's more to life, isn't there? So much more. There's so much more to life. And speaking of, you know, creatives, uh, is there anything that you're, any other artist that you think would be cool for people to know about that maybe mm-hmm. you really like to follow? It could be someone you know or someone you don't. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's so funny because I've been listening to the same music that I've been listening to for years, you know, Erica Badu, <laughs> Flow a Tree. <laughs> I mean, I like the new stuff, you know, like these little whatever, but you know, sometimes, but I'm, I'm not really following any new music at the moment, although I do have a friend and he's actually here in Spain studying. Uh, he's from Maryland, United States, mm. and he's a very, very good friend of mine and he's recently gotten into music and uh, his name is Andrew Lamb. And we can link to Andrew's page. Yeah, I mean, he's he's got he's got a group right now, and it's these two guys, him and another guy called Nate, and they're making really amazing music, like really soulful and you know really meaningful tunes. So I would I would I would recommend make sure to check them out and actually maybe what we can do mm-hmm. is get a sample of andrew's music because i know that we want to yeah. start um showing artists and and showing their um 
their music, independent mm-hmm. artists, on our outro. So maybe we'll talk to Andrew and it'd be really yeah. cool if on this episode, since you mentioned him, we can have a little Snapchat for that. And then if you guys are into it, you can check out anything that we link from him. Mm-hmm. So where can people find you? Uh, Instagram, Facebook? Instagram, Facebook. But I don't go by my name. I go by my brand name, which is Kali by Karegi. That's K-A-L-I by Karegi, K-A-R-E-G-I. And um, I'm on Instagram and Facebook. I'm currently working on a website that, fingers crossed, will be up in mid-February. So that's like two, three weeks from now. So, yeah, I mean, I'm really trying to get in, do this professionally now, you know, like website and going to open a store, online store as well to sell my stuff. Nice. Yeah. And do you have, is there anything else you want to say or do you have any advice for other women that are out there, you know, not just women, everybody, but, you know, sometimes as women, like just taking that independent step, doing all these things, you know, being brave, being creative, just going mm-hmm. for it. Is there anything or is there something that you wish you had been told <laughs> way back then that maybe you can share with people? All right. To start what I would tell people, first of all, be a lover, you know, don't be a hater, don't support other people, mm-hmm. love other people, encourage other people, believe in other people's dreams. And you'll see this type of energy will reciprocate back into your life. You know, you the energy you give out there, it comes right back to you. And I would also say, whatever it is you're thinking of, if you're thinking of doing art, if you're thinking of doing music, business, whatever it is, go for it, you know? Don't listen to the, oh, you can't get a job in this, and don't listen to anything negative that anyone has to say. Don't listen to the negative voices in your head. Just go for it, you know? If you can, go for it. And I believe you can. If you're listening to this, and you're conscious, and you're aware, and you can hear this, you have Mm -hmm. your senses working, then you can definitely go for it. Nice. I like that. I think many people are going to be motivated by yeah. hearing this. It's so awesome. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> it's been, thank you for sitting down to have a conversation with me. I just thank want to mention you. that um, Sheena's next collection will be debuting next Friday, as we mentioned. By the mm-hmm. time this podcast comes out, mm-hmm. it should already be up on, uh, yeah. uh, out and on mm-hmm. social media. So I'll get a sneak peek before all of you because I'm mm-hmm. here in Spain. Don't be jealous. <laughs> And um, I just want to thank you for coming. And I want to thank yeah, you to everyone. Thank every- you for having me. Yeah. <laughs> thank you to everybody for listening. If you have want to reach out to Sheena, we'll have her information linked. And how I've been ending um, some of the podcasts and people I've been talking to in Spain is... I love culture mm-hmm. and I love languages. Yeah. And I know you speak, well, I know you speak at least a couple. <laughs> <laughs> so in the outro here, I just want to say uh, goodbye in maybe a couple different languages. So, okay. of course, we can say adios. Yeah, adios. Hasta luego. <laughs> or the way they say in Andalusia, you know, they speak like a different type of Spanish. It's more relaxed, lazy Spanish. So they don't say adios like the rest of Spain. They say adios. <laughs> <laughs> que bueno. Que bueno. <laughs> and is there anything else that they say in the south of Spain that like is typical for here? Que Not the tal. Que tal? Like, oh yeah. You know? <laughs> que tal? Like they, they're amazing. Honestly, it's like you know their life is so relaxed. You can even just hear it in the way they talk. You know? It has definitely helped me moving to the U.S. to still have that like Spanish idea of relaxation when things get yeah. so hectic. Hectic. I can't even mm-hmm. speak when things get so hectic. Mm-hmm. I can just remember that kind of peace and relaxation that I had when I lived here.
here. Mm-hmm. But also you speak Swahili. Yes. Mm-hmm. So maybe you can tell us like a typical goodbye or how you would say it in Swahili. Well, we just say kwaheri. Kwaheri. Kwaheri mm-hmm. uh, means goodbye, you know. Or you can say kanjema, you know, that means stay well. Or, you know, it, it depends also on the contents, the context, sorry. Like uh, if somebody's going, like somewhere you're not going to see them again, you tell them maybe safarin jema, uh, which means a safe, safe trip, like something like that. Or, you know, it depends, like, yeah, it really depends on the context. So in this case, I'll say kwaheri, which means bye. <laughs> kwaheri, everybody. Adios. Yeah. Hasta luego. Adios. Hasta luego. <laughs> Lust for Marvel and Adventure. Captivated by your inner treasure Tell me if I give you pleasure Communicated tone Lost in the zone Tell me did I make you cry Tears of joy Tears of joy That was Clouds. They are a duo. Um, One guy, Andrew from Maryland and Nate from London. They are available on all platforms and they base their music off of 528 hertz, which is a frequency of love. So every song is supposed to have a therapeutic value. Tony, what did you think? I mean, the reason I thought it was cool to end the podcast with this original music is the first half of the song has these birds and this contemplative, meditative feeling. And as you and Sheena are talking about different languages and saying goodbye and kind of the casual vibe of being in Spain, I thought it was this really cool, perfect ending. So go support them on iTunes. Yeah, I'm a big fan. I their music either makes me want to move or just stand still like mesmerized and I just like I don't want to have a distraction from the music so I don't move I just listen but the whole reason we're playing this music was because of a very special person who's here right now Jessica Musgrave is in the studio with us Jessica I'm gonna pass this over so you can talk okay not your favorite thing in the world but um, (laughs) if you could see her face (laughs) so tell the brave makers why and what the song in the original idea that you had, you know, you brought to us why we're doing it and how people can submit their music. So just uh, a note, Jess didn't write this song, but it was her idea to for us to include music as our outro, and now we're starting to include that. So take it away, Jess. Okay. Well, I figured that since we are a community of brave, creative people, that maybe we should pull together some musicians as well. Not just artists, well, artists on, you know, theatrical platforms. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, why not help them get out there just, just the same? Yes, supporting each other. Thank you, Jess. That's amazing. So you have her to thank whenever we play your music. 
And so if you do want to submit your original music to us, email podcast at bravemaker.com and we will happily use your tunes. Oh, one second. I just wanted to do um, a shout out to the musicians. So I want to say their name is Clouds. It's spelled C-L-O-U-D and then the number five. And you can find them on Instagram. Um, Andrew is at A-N-D-R-E-W underscore L-A-M. And Nate is at S-U-R dot N-A-T-E. So check them out. They will also be in the show notes. Yes. Be brave makers. Brave Maker is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Our work is funded by generous patrons like you. Support the podcast with a tax-deductible donation at bravemaker.com. Thanks for listening to the Brave Maker podcast. Subscribe, give us a rating, and share with a friend. Brave stories change the world. You are the story. Want to be social? Find us on Twitter and Instagram at Brave Maker Inc.